Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is Series 2, Episode 4. I'm Russell and this is my daughter, Rebecca. Hello. Hello, Dad. You alright? I'm fine, thank you. So, how was this week? Um, It was alright. I'm a bit confused. I don't know what genres they are this week, you know. And if this is all synth pop, then it's not what I was expecting. Because that's what I'm thinking we're getting into. But I have, like, I've written down for each one what I think the genre might be. But I'm not 100% sure. Okay. So it's a bit of an odd one. That's fine. You will find out. So I will just recap who you had. So you had six bands. Yeah. Simple Minds. Fleetwood Mac. Mm -hmm. The Bell Stars. The Jay Giles Band. The Cars. And Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah. So how many number ones do you think you listen to? Right. Even though Simple Minds had like half of my listened to songs this week, I think I only listened to two number ones. You've, who'd, you've gone one more than what there should be. So who there's only do one. You think there's only one. One okay. number one this week. Ooh. So who you going with? As the number, or who did you have as the number ones, as in two? See, mm, I did think about having Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds, but I think that would have only got number one after the um, film, which was a 90s film, if I'm right. Um, so I don't think it was that one. Uh, I think it's um, one by Fleetwood Mac. Um, I had down um, Dreams as a number one. Okay. And then I, I did have Don't You Forget About Me, but now I'm thinking about it, it might not be. So, But they were my two. Fine. We will find out. Mm. I'm, mm. I'm surprised there's only one. Yeah. My God, imagine if it's like the Bell Stars. It's like not even... It's going to be Blooming Derek and the Dominoes. That's why you gave me just that one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk music. So we shall start off with Simple Minds. Mm. So your thoughts on those? I'd heard of these, but I think, I don't know, they weren't what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking when I, when you said these and I was like, oh yeah, I know them. Like, I know Don't You Forget About Me, that's straight away. That's the only one that I really, that I recognised. But yeah, they weren't what I was expecting. So for mm. that, no. And you know what I said about genres? These are the ones that sound the most, like, electric, I want to say. But I don't think they are. But they sound it, and I'm thinking that it's, like, got a rock to it as well, you know. And weirdly, um, so I didn't get to watch any videos this week, but I've looked up some Google images to see what they look like and what outfits they wore and whatnot. And every band you give me this week looks really similar. Like, they all kind of have the same dress sense, you know, like little, they had little hats and their hairs are all like, not like a mullet, but they're a lot of long hair. And they've all, there's at least one person in each band with these really round glasses, like proper round. Hats? No, I wouldn't say any of these bands. I might, yeah, Fleetwood Mac, I'd say, yeah. probably um, known for hats, but I'm not sure about the others, if I'm honest. Certainly not Simple Minds, a hat, but okay. Hmm. 
No, Simple Minds look, to be fair, out of all of them, Simple Minds looked the least like the rest. Like they're just like the, the young lads. Like it's what I can picture you looking like in the 80s. Yeah, okay. just casual wear. But yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but there was a lot. And I was like, oh, are we finished yet? Okay. So Simple Minds are Jim Kerr on vocals, Charlie Birchall on guitar, Derek Forbes on bass. Mick McNeil on keyboards, Brian McGee on drums. He left in 1981 and was replaced by Mel Gaynor on drums. Mm. And Forbes was replaced by John Gibbon on bass when he left. Right, okay. Okay, they were formed in 1977 in, any ideas? Just because there's a song, Belfast? Glasgow, Scotland. Oh, I was only going. And they are a new wave art rock synth pop band. Okay, so I was right with the electric synth pop yeah. and rock. I forget about new wave. I still don't really get what new wave is, but. So Jim Kerr and Charlie Birchall have been the only ever present members. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian McGee, as I say, he left. He left in, nine, in September 1981 citing exhaustion due to the band's constant touring. And he went on to join Propaganda. What, so he just went to another band? Yeah. Oh. No, I don't think straight away, but he eventually joined Propaganda. Okay. So were Simple Minds big then, if they were always touring? And they might like with all of this You're, music we'll, as well. We'll show how big they are when um, we carry on with what I've got to tell you. Oh, right. So in 1982, Simple Minds left record label Arista and signed to Virgin. And that's when they started to see their commercial success, including breaking into the US market, where their song Don't You Forget About Me was used in the 1985 film The Breakfast Club. And the song became their only US number one. The Breakfast Club that old? Why did I think it was a 90s film? 1985. It was a 90s film. Shows how much I know, didn't it? So, just to show how big Simple Minds were, they were the first band asked to play at Live Aid in Philadelphia. So not the actual Live Aid. Well, there was the one in Wembley and there was also the one in Philadelphia. Right, okay. And they were the first band asked to play in Philadelphia. Right. Now, when you think of the, the American market, they still went for an international, not an American-based mm. band as their first point of call. Mm. Uh, this was to be Gibbons' debut with the band after Forbes was dismissed for missing or failing to turn up for rehearsals. Oh, so, so he was, was dismissed he was a and replaced by Gibbons. Oh. Jim Kerr, the lead singer, he was married to Pretenders lead singer Chrissy Hind. Um, they got married in 1984. However, they divorced in 1990. They have one daughter. Kerr then married to Patsy Kensit, lead singer of Eighth Wonder and an actress. Oh. They married in 1992 and were divorced in 1996. They have one son. Patsy Kensit went on to marry Oasis singer Liam Gallagher. 
However, they have since divorced too. So, yes. I did not know that about Patsy Kensett. Yeah. You're not just educating me on music, you're educating me in life. <laughs> so, Simple Minds had eight top ten hits, five in the 80s. Now, I've already said that they broke into the US market with Don't You Forget About Me, mm. that was also used in The Breakfast Club, and the song went on to become their only US number one. You seem to have missed that bit. No, I did hear that bit. Oh, okay. But that's not the number one. It's the US, isn't it? And I was more shocked about the fact that Breakfast Club was 1985 and not in the 90s. They had four number one albums, all in the 80s, plus their greatest hits album released in 1992. And Street Fighting Years is seen as their big album. So when we spoke about albums in the past, like U2, Joshua Tree, mm. ABC, Lexicon of Love, this was up there with like the, the, the oh, top albums okay. of the, the 80s, like the Street known Fighting ones. Years. Right, yes. okay. Anything else you want to go through? No, there was a, just a bloody lot of these, weren't there? There was. I, so now I, I get it. They were quite big. Yeah, and they were mainly, they were... I thought I'd written it down. They were big. They were known as a big live arena band, um, oh. and hence, obviously, being the up there for being wanting to get into. Well, one the exhaustion, obviously, because they're touring, but also obviously being asked to uh, be at uh, Live Aid Philadelphia. Live, yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, you want to get someone that will that knows what they're doing, I guess. Yeah. But they're not big enough to be one of the big four. I always find that shocking when, like, you're talking. And you're talking about how big a group is. I always get shocked that they're not. Yeah, but they were not classed as a big four as in commercially wise. I mean, there's a different thing going out touring, mm. have it, you know, that's that's about live music. And I suppose even Queen you can put in in that category. Yeah. But whereas the big four, as in Wham, Duran Duran, Spandau Ballet and Culture Club, were about chart success you know, through their videos and what have you on MTV and, you know, gaining the popularity that way. Yeah, so it's a big true. difference, I think, between the commercial side of it and actually the live. I mean, anyone, let's be honest, in the 80s could have gone out, made a video, pretty much put a record together if you had the if you had the know-how. But it's quite something else to sing live, I think, in yes. front of an audience. So why are the big four more known? I know because of commercially, so you hear about them more. But surely it's more, like, it's, it's more amazing to be, like, Simple Minds and be really good at live. Because yeah, you just but said they're anyone singing could go live and do what... to, their, to their fans, aren't they? There's a difference between singing live to your fans to being on the telly where loads of people are listening to you on MTV. Yeah, that's true. But I think I'd prefer to be better live than to just yeah. do something and they are a big they were a big group of the 80s um but just not like commercially i wouldn't even probably say they were in the second string you know and there, as you'll see there is plenty of other bands like simple minds and we've had some already you know abc with all their you know they weren't a big band no well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I can't think of who, but there has been others where I'm like, why are they not part yeah. of the big four? You know, Eurythmics last week. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Okay, well, let's see then where their singles charted. Yeah. So 1982, Promised You a Miracle. Which was my favourite. 
by the way. Okay. Literally, it's the first song I listened to for the whole week. And it's, yeah. It's up there. It actually charted twice. Okay. So 1982, it came at number 13. And then in 1987, they re-released a live version, and that got to number 19. Oh, wow, that's all right, isn't it? So, yes. Then again, live versions. I hate live versions of things. Uh 1982, the Glittering Prize. What did you think of that? Not much to that one. It's just kind of like, especially after Promised You a Miracle. So, I don't know, it just weren't anything that was grabbed me in. It's just, it's just a song. You got to number 16. Okay. 1982, Someone Somewhere in Summertime. That one was slow starting. Had a nice good beat to it though. I liked the, and that's when I realised, yeah, I'm really listening to a bit of um, electric or like the synth pop because of that one. Nice beat to it. That got to number 36. Really? That was actually their worst song as far as chart success of what you listen to of theirs. Did I like it? 1983, Waterfront. Oh, this one was just very instrumental. Weren't really a fan. A bit too much for me. Number 13. Really? Yes. 1984, Speed Your Love to Me. Uh, that one was all right. It was um, a bit fast-paced. You know, it got the beat up a bit after having like the instrumental and gave some it back. Well, not great. But not impressed by No, no. Number 20. So as you can see, they're, they're not getting any top 10. So no, whereas they're if it not. was wham, duran, duran, you'd see top 10s. But isn't it weird that their albums did really well? Yeah, yeah. But their singles aren't now. 1984, Up on the Catwalk. Oh, this one was catchy. This one got, like, between Promised You a Miracle and then this one. I didn't really like any of the ones in between, but this one, this one got back. Okay, and that got to number 27. Why do I like all the bad ones? <laughs> 1985, from the film of that same year. Well, this is going to be the, the number one time. then. So we'll Don't say. you forget about me. Yeah, well, it's a classic. It's a classic, and I just I knew it, so I was singing along to it. It's gonna be the number one. To number one, as I've already said, in America. Yeah. It did not get to number one in over here. Who was number one when that? It didn't even get into the top five. Really. It got to number seven. But that song is like so. I don't know. It's oh, it's just such a good song. Like it's even used in um, Pitch Perfect, so like a more up to date film. They sing it in oh. there, so I'm quite shocked to be honest. Oh, so was that the film you were thinking of? No, I knew about Breakfast Club. Oh, not that uneducated. No, Pitch Perfect's like in the twenty. Like that's really recent, twenty ten. I want to say. So um, the, uh, the chart looked like then, um, so as I say, number seven was Don't You Forget About Me. Yeah, who beat Number it? six was One More Night by Phil Collins. Okay. Number five was I Feel Love, Medley, Bronski Beat, and Mark Almond. Ooh. Number four, Na 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 19 by Paul Hardcastle. Right. Number three, 
Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Number two, We Are the World by USA for Africa. Right. And at number one was an old song, really. I th- I'm pretty sure it was Phyllis Nelson with Move Closer. Okay, I've not really heard of any of those. No. No, apart from Tears for Fears. You know, when we're doing the charts, I always forget that there's, it's not just these groups that I'm doing. Yeah. And there's yeah. soloists and stuff. I forget that soloists exist when I'm doing this because I'm like, oh, it's just all these groups competing against each other. There's soloists as well in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, going on, 1985 still, Alive and Kicking. Probably my favourite of theirs. But I I, it, was, like it was used... It was used as the um, advert when Sky Sports got the rights for TV and their advertising. So even though that would have been, what, 1991, Mm. this was obviously from 1985. Oh, so it kind of had like a reboot kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people know it from. Mm. However, it still did well in 1985 because it also got to number seven. Okay, that would have been like on the back as well, though. Like, you know, like of Don't You Forget About Me. Yeah. People would have been like, right, okay, we liked that. People have heard of it. People that weren't a Simple Minds fan would have now heard the song and went and got the next single. 1986, Sanctify Yourself. That one was all right. A bit aggressive. It was very, I don't know, like not shouting, but Uh aggressive. So would you be shocked if I said it was in the top 10? Yeah. Well, no, because it was a power... I thought it was a powerful song. Uh-huh. Just aggressive. So no, I wouldn't be shocked. Okay. It got to number 10. Okay. If it would have beaten Don't You Forget About Me, then I would have been shocked. Yeah. So now we're going on to still 1986, All The Things She Said. They started going slower. Like uh-huh. they mellowed out. So like the first ones were like had the beat to it, you know, all the electro in there and the singing. But from here it's like it, it mellows out. And in this one, I found that the music, you heard that over the singing, like it was louder. So it was oh, a bit right. yeah, it weren't that it weren't that great song to be honest. I weren't a fan of that one. No. No. It got to number nine. Oh. 1986 still, Ghost Dancing. This was, like I say, they've gone slow, but this one had more of the beat to it and it, that got my attention. So I liked wow. this one. I did, I did enjoy this one. It was quite catchy. Okay. It got to number 13. Oh, so they're going up, uh, down a bit. Yeah. 1989, Belfast Child. So this was just slow, a bit instrumental, weren't like, weren't that great. No. No. You got in the top 10. It's going to be a song that I don't like this week, isn't it? Top five? Got in the top five. This one chart is the highest charting. It's their highest charter. What number? Belfast Child got to number one. No, it didn't. Did it? Belfast Child got to number one. No, that's mad. Why that one? It was a good song. Do you like it? 
Yeah. I don't I don't like it. Wow. I just I don't know. It's just a bit too why that one? It's like you've not even got a good beat to it. It's just slow. Do you remember um when we done Mark Holmond? Mm. He done that song with an old man as you put, yeah, yeah, something's yeah. gotten hold of your hand. Yeah. This Belfast Child is what knocked that off number one. Well, I don't mind that song even more. Because <laughs> I liked all of Mark Orman's songs. Remember that. Liked every single one. I'm shocked. I mean, it's not the most shocked I've been with number ones. I mean, what was it last week? Stupid song last week, wasn't it? I don't know who it was. It was a stupid one. I was shocked at that one. Um, but anyway, Belfast Child was your number one this week. Uh, carrying on, 1989, This Is Your Land. Yeah, that one. Oh, I liked that one. I remember that one. Um, again, it was calm, but I liked it. it. Yeah, it had something in it that caught my attention. Number 13. 1989 still kick it in this one was a bit rocky had a bit of a rock twist to it that's where i thought about them being a bit rock wondered whether they were changing yeah we got to number 15 okay uh, then we had in also 1989 the amsterdam ep which had the lead single let it all come down what about let there be love that's after oh okay um, oh, Let It All Come Down was just very soft. Yeah, that, mm, no, it didn't do much for me, no. Still top 20, nine, number 18. So you've not had many outside the top 20. And then Let There Be Love from 1991, so outside the... Uh, the okay. Um, what are you saying for that? Oh, I really liked it. I recognise that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was their second biggest hit, which is why I gave you it. Mm. Number six. Still not top five though, isn't it? No, so their only top five was their number one, which I think when you think about it, you've got to remember this is the 80s and it came out when probably the troubles in Northern Ireland were, I mean, I think it's based around those that that sort of time. Yeah. And it's obviously Belfast Child and the, the mute that you know what it's about when you listen to yeah. the lyrics. Yeah. And um, so I think you've got to remember, you've got to tr- also, although the you might not like the song or it's too too, you know, it's not it's not it's meaningful tempo and what have you, it's what it meant at that time and why people were buying it. And I'm pretty yeah. sure I can't, I mean, I, I should have looked into it more to be honest, but I think you'll find it was based around the troubles of right. Northern Ireland and what I was going on in Belfast at the time. Oh, okay, I'm with you. All right, that makes it a bit different, I guess. But yeah, if you're playing them now, which is what this is all about, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think that would hit well with the now. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so that was Simple Minds. Yeah. We shall move on to Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Now, I didn't realise... So I've heard of Fleetwood Mac. I mean, obviously, um, go your own way. But I recognise a lot more than just that, you know. When it, when it was playing, I was like, oh, I know this. 
So, and what I really like about these is that they change up with who's singing because they've got females in the group as well as males. It's not every song is both of them singing. It's every song you might get the female or you might get the male or they might do it together. And I like that. Gives them that little bit of a different edge to it all. Yeah, no, I agree. Really enjoyed that. But the, again, with these, I didn't know their genre. So I went for rock, pop, and I feel like there was a bit of a country in there. Okay. So Fleetwood Mac were Mick Fleetwood. Oh, on okay. drums, John McVeigh on bass, mm. hence Fleetwood. So Mac. they're the founders then. Yes. Right. Christine McVeigh on keyboard and vocals. Married or siblings? We will come to that. Oh, okay. All right. Stevie Nicks on vocals. Stevie Nicks went solo, I'm guessing, because I know Stevie Nicks. Do you? Not personally. Okay. What do you know about them? Well, they're a singer. Okay. You don't know it anymore. Oh, for goodness sake, you're asking me, aren't you? Well, bloke or woman? Woman. And Lindsay Buckingham, guitar and vocals. How many women were there? Two. So who were the women? The last one you just said, and Stevie. Not Christine McVeigh? Oh, yeah. No, but there's only two. There is only two women in there. Yeah, three men, two women. Well, I know Stevie Nicks is a woman. So Mick Fleetwood, John McVeigh, Christine McVeigh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham are the main five of Fleetwood Mac. Okay, well, Lindsay's going to be a man. They were formed in 1967 in London, England. And they are a pop rock, soft rock group. I'm doing all right. I got the rock and the pop. Yeah. So who are the men and the women then? So they were formed, as I say, in August 1967. The founders were Mick Fleetwood, Peter Green and Jeremy Green, with McVeigh, as in John McVeigh, joining in the September because he wasn't available in Ah, August. okay, Okay, okay. They were originally a blues band. So that might be where I can hear the country. country or whatever. And scored a UK number one hit with Ooh. Albatross in 1968. Okay, right, okay. So they had a number one, 1968. Yeah. Um, John McVeigh married Christine Perfect, later oh. obviously become McVeigh. Why didn't she keep that surname? In 1968. Right. And she was from the band Chicken Shack. Okay. Um, and best man at their wedding was Fleetwood Mac founding member Peter Green. Oh. When Green left Fleetwood Mac in 1970, now bear in mind he was a principal songwriter and wrote their number one hit, Albatross. So it was a big loss for them. Wow, yeah. Um, they had several temporary members and then John convinced... Christine to join permanently in 1974. So she had been doing work with them as backing vocals. Right. And within a year after that, Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham of Buckingham Nicks. Oh, so they were already, they were like a group together. Yes, they joined as well. Right, okay. 
Um, however, in 1976, John and Christine had divorced. Oh, why? I don't know. I don't know them personally to know what <laughs> But um, they, they did. Right. But like, I suppose, with ABBA, they continued... I was going to say, they obviously continued. ...in the band. Yeah. So Stevie Nicks is American, and she was romantically linked with Lindsay Buckingham, and they mm-hmm. were as in a partnership mm-hmm. um, since 1966, and then they parted ways in 1976, which coincided oh, okay. with John and Christine divorcing. Wow. Um, and Stevie Nicks had a brief affair, or brief romantic whatever you want to, you know, partnership, partnership with Mick Fleetwood. Oh, God, so they all just get out with each other in here. In 1977. And she was also linked to Eagles' Don Henley. So the Eagles were another big 70s band. Right. And she was linked to Don Henley from them. Um, there was talk in 2007 of Lindsay Lohan doing a film about Nix's life. Oh, However, Nix told the press when questioned uh, that if anybody made a movie about my life without my permission and my involvement and regarding Lohan, uh, without, so without, so she wanted, obviously, it wasn't going to happen. She wanted to be involved, yeah. Involved with it. And regarding Lohan, she said, she needs to stop doing drugs and get a grip, then maybe we'll talk. Oh, so that was in 2007. I think if there was going to be anything to happen, mm. it would have happened by now. Doesn't look like it's going to happen then, does it? No. So the addition of Buckingham and Nick's was the turning point for the band. So obviously they lost Green, as I say, he was their principal songwriter. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I go if I go forward in the late 60s, early 70s, they had a number one with Albatross, as I've already said, yeah. in 1968. And they had three number twos with Man of the World, number two in 1969. Oh, well, also number two in 1969. And Albatross re-released in 1973. And they were all written by Peter Green, who left. Okay, so you can see how... You can see the influence he had. So then they got Buckingham and Nicks and obviously Christine McVeigh. And and, having Buckingham and Nicks was the turning point as their 1977 album, Rumours, which, again, is up there as far as... Oh, OK, is that another... Albums to, right. to, you know, albums that people would say you, you must own. Yeah. Um, it saw global success with four top ten singles off that album alone. OK, and is that one that Peter Green would have written? No, 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 he'd left. So this is... Saying. So this is... Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks and um, Lindsay Buckingham. Right, okay. So the album, Rumours, saw global success with four top 10 singles, and the album has sold over 19 million copies in the US alone. Oh, wow. With a total of 40 million copies worldwide. Jesus. Meaning it's the eighth best album for sales ever. Ever. And only 10 albums... Out of all the albums ever sold, only 10 albums have sold over 40 million. So it's a it's a big one then. It's a big album. Wow. And as I say, obviously, 
it was and what year was that? And it had four, 1977. So that's not so even any think, of the songs that I've listened to. No, so when you think, um, I think you did, I think I gave you some. So when oh, you right. think that Buckingham and Nicks joined in 1976. Yeah. And then suddenly a year later, they've got this massive album with four top 10 hits. That's mad. And obviously with Stevie Nicks being American, it put them on the map in America. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Wow. So they were big then. Yeah. So rumours, rumours, the album won American Music Award for out for album, which is the equivalent of a Brit Award. Yeah. It won a Grammy Album of the Year. Wow. And it won the Juno, which is the Canadian equivalent. Right. Um, for Best International Album. Oh, wow. So that's got some uh, awards on it. Yeah. Out there. Now, Lindsay Buckingham, he was fired from the band in oh. 2018 following disagreements around touring and what songs they should play. And Buckingham then filed a lawsuit against Ooh. the band um, in October 2018. And that was settled in December 2018. So at the end of it, it was quite um, amicable. Yeah, well, no, not amicable. Oh, acrimonious. Okay. acrimonious. Oh, word. It wasn't good, whatever the word is. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Why did he decide to sue them so much later? When did he get kicked out? He got kicked out because they he didn't agree. I think I think it was he wanted to play rarer songs. Right. Um, like b-sides or you know songs that weren't as popular or new or newer material as well rather than keep playing the old ones. yeah 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 bear in mind we're now you know 28 we'll see in the you know the 2000 you know it was mm. 2018 so i'm guessing it was around then obviously they they didn't want to do that and they they got rid of him but i think that that has probably that lawsuit has probably you know cut ties as far as buckingham and fleetwood mac go but I'm like, that's in 2018. Yeah. So that's quite a while after, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. But why did he decide to do it then? That's what I want to know. Why didn't he sue? So they were going to obviously on tour, obviously got back together, we we're going to tour, or got back together, re, you know, they'd obviously um, never split up, but they'd gone on hiatus. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, he, um, okay. they obviously were discussing what they were going to do on the tour. And, and he fell out. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you now. In 2003, Fleetwood Mac was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Okay. And that was all its members, including Peter Green. Okay. The chain yeah. was used as BBC's and Channel 4's Formula One theme. Oh. Tune. And the song, although not a chart success oh. is a um, staple on their live sets and was nominated in 1998 for a Grammy for Best Rock Performance by a group. It didn't win, but it was nominated. Mm, that's quite cool. And in 1998, The Cause covered Dreams and got to number six. Oh, okay. Oh, I wonder if that's done better than what they did. So, Fleetwood Mac had four top ten singles in the 80s, mm. four number one albums 
with one in the 80s being Tango in the Night. Okay. And they had numerous songwriters in their bands. Obviously, as I've already said, Peter Green mm-hmm. was behind their, their, their first lot of hits, including Albatross. Um, Stevie Nicks wrote Dreams. Lindsay Buckingham wrote Oh, Diane and Big Love. While Christine McVeigh wrote Little Lies and Everywhere. Ah. So, so they kind of all... Really had all had the, it, yeah. the input, apart from the main two, which was Mick Fleetwood and John McVeigh. <laughs> yeah. They were just there. Yeah. Okay. You ready to go through their uh, hits? Yeah. Let's go. I enjoyed these so, ones. So, 1976... Oh, so, okay. is, so I've started from when it was the main lineup that I know from the 80s. So yeah, obviously yeah. Peter Green had gone and Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham had come on board. Mm-hmm. Are, these, are these ones that you should have done in series one? No, because they weren't they they weren't they weren't the start of the 80s like those in series one were. Yeah, but the year chronologically. Chronologically, but we're going on the 80s and they didn't have a hit in the 80s until 1982. Uh, okay. We're now on them. Oh, yeah, because you don't, go, you don't go when they're formed. It's because I was thinking no. about when they were formed. Yes. You go from that first hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we go on it as in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, Say You Love Me, 1976. What did you think of that? Um, this one, it was all right. I think this was one of the ones of theirs that I didn't like, but it was it was okay. It was just compared to what I'd been listening to with Simple Minds, as much as Simple Minds got chilled out towards the end, this one was a lot more chilled out. Like you can tell that they're more about the singing in this group. But it was all right. Okay. They got to number 40. Oh God. Yes. So Bear in mind, they've just, they've had ones, and you know, as I said, they've had a number one, they've had three mm-hmm. number twos. Mm-hmm. Peter Green's left, and then suddenly and then, they're now at number 40. That's crazy. So then it? in 1977, Go Your Own Way. Oh, I knew, I knew that song, I said that. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's just a good song, isn't it? Gets you, gets you going, feel good, in a way. Number 38. You're joking. Number 38. Yes. But why is that such like that's such a known song now? Uh, 1977, Don't Stop. This one just had a good beat. I liked it. It was, you know, yeah. it was, yeah. I think I recognised this one as well when it got to the chorus. Number 32. Shut up. I'm shocked, you know. Okay. 1977, Dreams. This is the one that the calls covered and got to number six. In this one, whoever's singing, they've got a really good voice. That's what I wrote down. I was like, it's a catchy song and the voice in it is really good. It got charted at number 24. <gasps> so the cause did better. So, yeah, the cause, which was over 20 years later, mm. got to number six with a song that flopped in a sense if you look yeah. at it in the top 20 way in 1977 we're only in 1977 yeah yeah the 80s so one. now we're going to 1982 right okay so they just didn't have any hits between dreams and now 
all from between Albatross and now because oh, yeah, Albatross had all... a number one and mm. these number twos, and suddenly they've had some flops in a sense as far as yeah, getting into the top 20. Yeah. Um, so 1982, old Diane. You know what annoyed me about this one? There was no like drop that got it upbeat. It was just the same level and tone all the way through. And I was like waiting. It was a, it was a good song, but it was all right. I was just waiting for that like beat. So it was really annoying. You got to number nine. Bloody hell. That's mad. That did better than, oh my God. Did better than dreams. Mm. Did better than go your own way. Yeah. 1987, Big Love. That was just repetitive. I think that was my least favourite song. Yeah. Mm. I got to number nine as well. What the hell? Okay. 1987, Little Lies. This was my favourite song. Yeah, it's my favourite as well. Yeah, really like this song. Got to number five. Hey, I'll say, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? That's their highest hit. Yeah, 1988, Everywhere. Mellow, but nice. This is Connor's favourite. This was their biggest hit. Oh. Got to number four. Oh. Well, I'll say big, biggest from hit. From in the, the 80s. in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in 2009, so bearing in mind the chain was on, I think, the Rumours album. Um, right. It never got released. Okay. Um, but on the back of it being used in the Formula One. It got released. Obviously got released in 2009. However, it didn't really try it. I mean, I've only given you it just because of its popularity mm-hmm. with fans as I say, it's, it's a staple in their live show. Yeah. It only charted at number 81. Did I like it? It was a bit countryfied, this one. It was all right. It weren't one of the best. Wouldn't have missed it if you left it off, you know. No. And you can see now why Tango in the Night was probably the, a number one album in the 80s, because it would have had little lies on everywhere on there. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So people would have gone out to buy it to see what the others... Wow. Okay. Moving on to the Bell Stars. Yes. So there weren't many songs on here. And this is where, it's these last ones, these last four bands that you've given me. That's where I'm like, I've no idea of any genres. This one, I was like, end of disco. Bit of pop in it. You know, I don't know. But there was only three. Um, And these, I'm telling you, are a big band. There's like six people in it, and they're all women. It is an all-female band, mm. You're right? So the Bell Stars were Jenny Mathias on lead vocals, Sarah Jane Owen on guitar and vocals, mm. Stella Barker on guitar and percussion, Leslie Sean or Shone on bass. Judy Parsons on drums and percussion. Miranda Joyce on saxophone and percussion. Penny Layton on keyboards and piano. However, she left in 1982 and was replaced with Claire Hurst, also obviously on keyboards and piano. Mm-hmm. They were formed in 1980 in England. Okay. And they're a new wave pop rock band. 
and they disbanded in 1986. Okay. All right. Well, do you know what? They look well cool. Like looking at their images, I'm like, that's what I'd want to look like in the 80s. You know, but they've all got their individual style, which I quite like. Okay. So Barker, Owen, Joyce, Leighton and Parsons mm -hmm. were originally in the group Body Snatchers. And after that group broke up, they formed Bell Stars. Right. Um, recruiting Matthias and Sean, Sean, whatever way you want to say it. Yeah. Um, Matthias was also known as Jenny Bellstar. Now, I can't find anywhere whether she was called Jenny Bellstar as she was the lead singer. Right. Or she was already known as Jenny Bellstar, and that's why they called the group Bellstar. So right. I don't okay. know. You don't know which way around it is. I don't know what way around it is. Yeah. Um, they signed to Stiff Records, who were highly a uh, highly successful record company thanks to Madness. So Madness oh, were with them. Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. obviously where they got their credit from, and obviously that's why Bell Stars obviously chose those to be their record. Yeah. The band's first single, Hiawatha, was produced by Madness producers Langer and Win Stanley. Mm -hmm. And the band promoted the single by supporting the Scarvax, the Beat, and Madness. However, the single failed to chart. Why? Then in May 1981, the band opened for The Clash on their yeah. tour of Belgium and France. So they're kind of getting their way in, aren't they? Yeah. And then after their second single, Slick Trick, failed to chart, that's when Penny Layton the um, keyboardist, piano, mm -hmm. um, left the group and was replaced by Claire Hurst. So right. obviously, you know, they, she felt they just weren't going anywhere. So then the clapping song, which was a remake of the 1965 hit by Shirley Ellis, obviously put them on the oh, route to so stardom. It's not even an original. No, and in Sign of the Times, which was produced by Loose Ends, a production company managed by Pete Waterman before his Stock Aikman and Waterman, Stock Aitken and Waterman fame, obviously put them well and truly on the map. They have got one top 10 hit and one top 10 album. Okay, so after all that struggle, they ended up bringing themselves in. But I mean, they still didn't get many hits. Yeah, through a not even original, but they still didn't even yeah. get that many hits. So they weren't that, you know, they didn't really last. Really. I much. think they were just a bit before their time. When you think of who Stock Aitken and Waterman then later had with Banana Rama, mm. that could have been that. If you think about it, you know, with having Pete Waterman involved, if he, if you know, it was, it was as he was starting out, so he probably learned a few things, things from being with them. Mm. But obviously, if they were a bit later, Banana Rama could quite easily have been the Bell Stars. Okay. I suppose it's just about that, you know, so it's like just, any, anything but then in you life, never... it's all about being in the right place at the right time. And I yeah. suppose the Bell Stars weren't. They had Peter Waterman at the beginning of his career rather than at the peak of his career. Mm. Whereas Banana Rama, they had him at the peak of his career, you know, same with yeah. him. So, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it does make a difference, but you don't know. It's just that risk taking, isn't it? In this yeah, yeah. 
you can only go with what you've got at the time. Yeah. So they had three songs, as you say, or three hits. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 1982, the clapping song. What did you think of that? That was my favourite. I absolutely love yeah. it. And I know like that you said it's an original, but I think it's great. I mean, I, uh, yeah, not an original is what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. It's catching, but it's like simple, isn't it? Like It's just to the point. I don't know. It's really nice. I like it. My favourite. It got to number 11. That's not bad. After all their flops. Yeah. You take that. 1983, Sign of the Times. Uh, that's a repetitive song. It's got an, uh, uh, like an all right chorus, like, you know, yeah. catchy. So as I've already said, they got one top 10 hit. So that tells oh. you this is in the top 10. It got to number three. Really? It was a good yes. song. I prefer the clapping song. But... And then 1983, Sweet Memory. This one had a change of tone. So this wouldn't just surprise me if it did worse and they started declining again. Because this one... Number 22. Yeah. Yeah, that don't surprise me. That's gone a bit down. Okay. So that was the Bell Stars. Yeah. Short and sweet, a bit like their career. Um, On to the Jay Giles band. Yeah. Got to really think about that. I I have no idea what genre this is because they're two, like you only gave me two songs, but they're two songs are both different from each other. So there's no like dead certain what they're like. That was a bit of a hard one, especially like when you only have two songs as well. It's like, you don't really know. So the Jay Giles band were John Giles on guitar, Peter Wolf on vocals, Danny Klein on bass, Stefan Blad on drums, Seth Justman on keyboards, and Richard Solwitz, also known as Magic Dick, on saxophone stroke harmonica. They were formed in 1968. Now, where do you think they were formed from? Oh, they look British when I look at them. Okay, they were formed in Worcester. Okay, that's a new Massachusetts, one. US. Oh, well, what'd you do that for? We have a Worcester. <laughs> so they were American. American. They look British. And um, they were very big, evidently, in Chicago, which I think is part of Massachusetts. Um, they were a rock blues rock band in their early career right. and a new wave band in their latter career okay so, so they, they changed off as a blues a rock stroke blues rock mm. and went into the 80s new wave so they changed with the times kind of thing yeah okay so they were originally named now you'll love this one oh, go on. snoopy and the sop with camels <laughs> Why? So, I don't know. They obviously Stop didn't do very well because they changed their name. Um, they then became known as the Jay Giles Blues Band, later dropping the word blues. Wouldn't you? How would you film if you were in a band and that band was named after someone that you were in? Because I'd be like, well, what about me? Where's my recognition? It's not just all about you. Because that's what it is, isn't it? Because I'm guessing it's named after it's because of that John Giles. Yeah. Weird. 
I find it weird when people do that. It's like, you're probably going to say this Derek and the Dominoes later. Derek was the main guy and this Dominoes were backing singers. But I suppose it's no different to um, Gary Newman changing the uh, mm. Tubeway Army yeah. to just Gary Newman. Yeah, but at least he had the decency to go solo along with it. Well, they were still his band. Yeah, but they were able to go and do other jobs. They weren't tied to them. So they were commercially, as in Jay Giles' band, they were commercially at peak in the 1980s. Right. And they disbanded in 1985. So, as I say, they were formed in 1968. And they were at their peak in the 80s. With two songs that made it into the top 40. Yeah, we were saying two songs that were both in the 80s done better than any of their other songs from 1970s wouldn't you give up i'd give up well, i'd be like i'm going back to my yeah. garage if they'd given up they wouldn't have had the two hits but also you got to remember just because they weren't big over here mm, doesn't mean so they weren't big in america yeah because they were also and as i've said they had big following in boston so Chicago. They were commercially at peak in the 1980s, but they disbanded in 1985 after contributing the title song to the 1985 horror film, Fright Night. So Fright Night, the single, got to number 91. Oh, I was going to say, why didn't I get it then? In the US. Um, There have been several reunions and tours since 1999, including in 2005, 2009 and as late as 2013. Right. They were nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005, 2006, 2011, 2017 and 2018, but were unsuccessful each time. They had one top 10 hit in the UK, although Centrefold reached number one in the US and freeze frame number four. Oh, so yeah, they're really good over there. Oh, I'm intrigued as to where they're gonna hit. They have, hear them. They have released 11 studio albums in the US mm. with freeze frame, the album getting to number one in the, in the US and in Canada. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they are big over there. Um, Freeze Frame, however, is the only album to have been released over here. Oh. And that reached number 12. Ah, so there's your difference. Mm. It's weird, isn't it? Like, if you're in England, you want to make it in America. But if you're in America, you don't really have to bother because America's got all the power. Yeah. And it proves when you look at, like, these. So, going on to their two songs... 1982 yeah. centerfold. That was my favorite out of the two. It's like an Irish jig sound. Like I want to tap my foot uh-huh. and I feel like I could do some Irish jig, but they're nothing to do with Irish. So I don't know why I got that, but that's the, yeah, that's what I got from that music. But I liked it. And that got to number three. Oh, okay. But that was number one in America. Yeah. Right. And then Freeze Frame, also from 1982, got to number four in America. Yeah. What did you think of it? I don't think there was much to it. Yeah, there weren't really much there. So you're probably 
like most Brits then, unlike the Americans who obviously liked it, because it only got to number 27 in the chart over here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It wasn't bad, it just about much there, like, you know, it weren't anything grabbing my attention. Okay, so moving on from Snoopy and the Sock with Camels, we will go to <laughs> the cars. Bloody hell, Snoopy and the Sock. It's the Sock Whiff. Sock Whiff. Sock Whiff. Oh, not like a sock? No, sop, S-O-P. Oh, <laughs> that makes it less funny. I thought you were saying sock. Anyway, moving on from the Jay Gales band <laughs> that were originally known as Snoopy and the sock, sop with, sop with Camels, we will move on to the cars. Okay. So what did um, you think of the cars? Um, I'm not... I don't really know. They're a bit, all the songs are a bit different from each other. They're a bit power ballady, I want to say, but then not all of them. Like, I don't know. They had a bit of instrumental. They had a slow one. They had one that was really powerful. And they had one that was just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, okay. I'm a bit, these ones are a bit right. uh, on the fence. So the cars were Rick Ocasek, Ocasek I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, lead vocals and guitar, Elliot Easton, guitar and saxophone, Greg Hawkes, keyboards and backing vocals, Benjamin Orr, drums, but also lead vocals, and David Robinson, also a drummer, but backing vocals. Um, Okasek and Orr shared the lead vocals. How many did you just list? One, two, three... Four, five, five. Oh, okay. It sounded like you you said a lot more names than that. And I was like, no. I'm only seeing five on there. Like yeah. when I looked at Rick Okasek, Elliot Easton, Greg Hawkes, Benjamin Orr, and David Robinson. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were formed in 1976 in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh. So when I just said about the Jay Giles band were big in Boston, mm. these were actually formed in Boston as well. Ah, that's right. And they are a new wave synth pop power pop band. Okay, so I got the power in there, but I didn't really hear like anything that could be like synth pop, you know. So I weren't, weren't getting that. The cars were seen as pioneers of synth pop in the US. Oh. With Robert Palmer, not the singer Robert Palmer, but a music critic for the New York Times and Rolling Stone magazine, describing the car's musical style as punk minimalization, labyrinthine synthesizer and guitar textures of art rock, 50s rockability and power pop mixed into a personal and appealing blend. Okay. So they were really something in America then. So the band were named Best New Artists in 1978 by the Rolling Stone magazine, mm-hmm. Reader's Poll, and they won Video of the Year with the single, You Might Think, right. at the first MTV Awards in 1984. Okay, yeah, okay. So they won. Oh, so they MTV really went in there. They won Video of the Year. Bearing in mind, MTV was a video channel. Mm. They won the first Video of the Year award. They did well then. Like they just kind of came out 
and just did their yeah. stuff. So their debut album sold six million copies and appeared in the Billboard 200 album chart for 139 weeks. Wow. As of 2001, the album has sold over 23 million copies. Okay, so it's not a big album. but It was their first album called The Cars, and I have it on cassette. Of course you do. So do you like these? Yeah. I haven't put these as your type of music. Nah. In, um, however, it only reached number 29 in the UK, of which I was one of those people that bought it. <laughs> you um, in 2018, well. the cars were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. Now, as I just said, in 2018, the Giles Band, the J Giles Band, mm. were nominated. However, they lost oh, out to so the these, <laughs> That's quite cool. Well, not cool because it sucks to be them, but that's quite cool. They're on the same, talking about them now. Yeah. I think um, I prefer but, the Giles Band. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Having disbanded in 1988, they reunited to perform at the induction ceremony. Of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And right. it was to be their last performance as Rick Okasek died in September on September the 15th, 2019, of a cardiovascular disease or heart disease. Oh, that's what it was like meant to be then, doing their last yeah. one as a celeb like celebratory, like you know, for themselves. They had three number ones in the Rock US chart. Right. Um, you might think in 1984, Magic in 1984, and Tonight She Comes in 1985. And they had two top 10 hits in the UK. And they Ooh. had five albums in the top 10 in the US. Okay. But not as many over here? Well, I've already said their biggest album only got to number 29, which oh, yeah. was the, the self titled The Cars. Yeah, see, yeah, they're bigger in the US, but then they're from the US, so it makes sense, yeah. which is what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you had two, what, four songs of theirs? Yep, so 1978, My Best Friend's Girl. What did you think of that? It was all right, that was like a sing along one out of all of them. It was all right, weren't like, I don't know, it weren't anything special. Got to number three, really. Really? That's me, like, I haven't won anything special. Sorry. 1979, Just What I Needed. That one was very instrumental, but it had a really catchy chorus. So I liked that about it. I liked the chorus a lot. Got to number 17. Okay. 1982, Since You've Gone. This one, I think, was my least favourite. It was quite slow and just that bit repetitive. It weren't really, for me, that one. Got to number 37. Okay. And then 1984 Drive. This was my favourite. And this was the one that made me think of them as like a power ballad, but it's obviously their power pop coming through. This this one, really, like if all their songs were like this, would have been lovely. That's that's what they needed to stick to. Yeah. And it's, it's my favourite as well. And it got mm. to number four. Okay. Is it probably their, that's the song that they're known for. Yeah. So, I think I recognised it. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I did. Yeah. I've got it in my head now. 
that one I recognise, but I was like, I don't know why. But yeah, I recognise that one. So you're saying that's what they're known for. Yeah. There you go. Moving on then to Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah. Well, they only had one song. Yeah. And I just thought, again, couldn't think of genre, but it doesn't help because obviously I only had one. So I don't really know. And I thought these were a bit hippie-like. I don't know. Just feel like they're a bit hippie time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There weren't much to really think of them. Because I only got okay. that one. Yeah. So Derek and the Dominoes were Eric Clapton on vocals and guitar, mm-hmm. Bobby Whitlock on vocals and keyboards, Carl Raddle on bass, and Jim Gordon on drums. They were formed in 1917. London, England. They're known as a blues rock band and they disbanded Ooh. in 1971. Then why have I got them? Why have I got them? You will find out. So, well, no, but that's not really fair, is it? Okay. So, Derek and the Dominoes came about due to the four members' involvement in Delaney and Bonnie and Friends. Um, is that another band? Supported Yes, who supported right. Blind. So it was, it was Delaney and Bonnie, and they had backing groups, which is the and Friends. Mm-hmm. They supported Blind Faith, which was Eric Clapton's short-lived supergroup with Steve Windward on the US Oh, tour. okay. So he'd done In the else. summer of 69, funny enough, a song by Brian Adams. Summer I was going to say, I know that song. Yeah. While on tour, Clapton was drawn to Delaney and Bonnie's relative anonymity, um, which he found more appealing than the excessive fan worship lavished on his own band. The fact that they were not known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To shops and what have you, whereas Eric, Eric Clapton was well known mm-hmm. through Cream and that. So Clapton, now with his fellow Dominoes, toured Europe and the US between 69 and 70, this time as members of Delaney and Bonnie's Friends. Oh, so they became one okay. of like the backing bands. Yeah. Right. However, disagreements over money led some members to leave Delaney and Bonnie, with Whitlock recalling that many difficulties with Delaney and Bonnie, with the couple having frequent fights, and described Delaney as a demanding band leader. Oh. So, hence, they obviously then became just Derek and the Dominoes. Right. So Clapton wrote several songs reflecting his infatuation with George Harrison of the Beatles' wife, Patty Boyd. Um, So Harrison Harrison was Clapton's best friend, and he joined Clapton as a guitarist on Delaney and Bonnie's European tour in December 1969. So obviously Eric Clapton enjoyed having them, Mm. He then joined them and even obviously spoke about it with George Harrison and even George Harrison joined them on a tour. However, in his um, autobiography, Clapton said of the band, Dominoes, we were make-believe. Oh. We were all hiding inside it. Derek and the Dominoes, the whole thing. So it couldn't last. Hence, it didn't last. Right. I had to come out that I was being me. I mean being Derek, as was a cover. 
for the fact that I was trying to steal someone else's wife. George so, Harrison. As I said, he was, he was infatuated by Patty Boyd, the wife of George Harrison. <gasps> that was the reason for doing it, as in setting up Derek and the Dominoes. Get um, in there. So that I could write the song and even use another name for Patty. So Layla. Derek and Layla, it wasn't for real at all. So the Derek and the Dominoes didn't really have a high up in hell's chance because he done he'd it only done it to try just to write these songs about <gasps> someone he was infatuated with, which happened to be his best friend's wife. But nothing ever happened between them. No, 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 not, not that I could see, no. That's mad. Yeah. Wow. So, so why are you going to get on to... Eric and the Dominoes. Yeah. 1972, Layla. What do, you, what do you want to talk about, Layla? It's just a long song, isn't it? It's a long song, very instrumental. Not much body to it. I'm bored. And if you're going to tell me that I've had it, and it's a 1970s song, be fuming. Because I meant to be doing the 80s. I don't care about the 70s and his weird obsession with this woman. Could have done less of that. So, 1972, Layla got to number seven. Right. So, so there that's you go. it. That's it. But that's not it. Oh, no, that's You've not got it. got something no. else. Because it was <laughs> re-released... It was re-released oh, okay. in 1982, hence we're talking about it, and it got to number four. Oh, so it, so done... it was a top five hit. I think it's rubbish. Ten years after the original, that only got to number seven. I think it's rubbish. I think it's like, why? Why do people buy it? Did they think that he was going to, I don't well, know. Both times it was a top ten hit. It's yeah, been but... released twice now. Don't in two it. different decades and got to number seven and number four. Yeah, I don't get it. Do you like it? Um, it's okay. It's not, yeah, it's, 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 it's fine. It's um, I didn't know what it was about, obviously. Um, yeah, now you know what it's about. When you realise that it was a very weird thing, but yeah. So that, that bombshell um, ends this week's... Mm. Podcast. I just think that's a bit weird. People in the 80s, well, this guy wasn't even in the 80s. People back in your day. Eric Clapton's a big musician. He's a big name. Yeah, but he's a bit What's weird, isn't he? Him, but he's no, a big name. Well, right. Can't be that big. But it's like, he, this isn't is. the first stalker that we've had. We've had other stalkers. Like, was it, was it, who was it that wrote a song about someone? Someone wrote a song about that woman. There's been loads. Was it true that it was written about someone? Oh, no, that was, yeah, that was someone he found, he had a crush on, didn't he? Gary exactly. Kemp yep. on Altered Images lead singer, Claire That's Grover. it. That's it. See, another stalker. It's just a thing. Don't and the, one of the police's songs, their big song, that's about um, Every Breath You Take mm. is about um, someone. a stalker. Yeah. Or something like that, I think, along those lines. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, remember that. See? So, yes. Okay, hit or miss? Well, let's start with Simple Minds. They were a miss. Really? Yeah, I'm not a fan. 
not a fan. Mm. It's just a bit, too, I don't know. They just haven't got much body to them. They're just, I don't know. It's not, I just wouldn't listen. I'd listen to certain songs again, you know, the ones that I liked. But no, I wouldn't explore their music at all. It's not really up my street at all. I'm surprised, but not surprised. I mean, the fact that you don't even like Belfast Child wasn't one that you really... Mm-mm, I don't like it at all. Yeah. There's not many that okay. I do like, to be honest. Fine. We'll move on then. Fleetwood Mac. They're a hit. I really like them. I thought they were. I think you should go and find someone to do a podcast with on the 70s. Because I'm starting to think you like the 70s. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac, who mainly for the 70s. Um, Slade. Oh, yeah. Queen. <laughs> Abba. <laughs> really mainly 70s groups. Well, give me some good 80s groups then. Come on, oh, chuck them my way. Well, you have The Bell Stars. Hit. Like Hit. Them. All yeah. because of the clapping song, which was a song from the <laughs> No, yeah. I also like Sign of the Times. Okay. Uh, I've played that one a couple of times. But no, clapping song really did do it for him. Not going to lie. Do you want your hit or not? Uh, yeah. The Jay Giles <laughs> band. Uh, they were a miss. There was only two songs and uh, Freeze Frame just didn't really do it for me. So I was like, mm, you've put me off a bit. Well, that's a bit worrying because you've already said that you preferred the Giles band over the Cars. Yeah, they were so a miss too. the Cars... Obviously going to be a miss. Yeah. I only like to drive. Uh-huh. The others, I mean, I did like them, but yeah. Yeah. And you've already said you couldn't stand Layla, which was the only song from Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah, I'm not so exploring that either. I probably don't need to ask that what that is either, do I? No. I think this has been your worst week. Yeah. Two out of six. Yeah. And they weren't even... Well, Neither of them were big. None of none of these groups, apart from Simple Minds, were probably associated with the eighties. The Fleetwood Mac, to a, to a degree, they did have you know big big hits in the eighties, late eighties. Um, but it was mainly the Simple Minds were the main group from the eighties. Just didn't do it for me. I just yeah. no, they just weren't my music. Okay. Not there. Well, let's hope next week <laughs> is a better week. <laughs> Try me. Yeah, so um, would you like to know yes. who you've got next week? Yes. Go I don't know if I want to give you them, to be oh. honest. Well, you're done now. But I will. Next week, you have got Culture Club. Okay, so we've got one of the big four then. Le Monge. Okay. Musical Youth. Right, no. Yazoo. Oh, you've spoken about Yazoo before. Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. And Hazy Fantasy. <laughs> Names. Okay. I've obviously Culture Club's Culture Club, but it's not like I know, you know, like how when I had Spandau Ballet and Duran Duran, I knew I could kind of think of songs. I don't, I don't think I know any by Culture Club. Like I might when I'm playing, but I don't think I know any. Um, and then Yazoo, you've mentioned once or twice in like conversations, and same, and I'm pretty sure I've heard of Flock of Seagulls. But don't tell me about the rest. Okay, fine. That's the end of this dreary week's podcast. Yeah, sorry to disappoint. Yeah. Waste of an hour of my life. Two hours. Oh, sh- oh shit. Hour and a half. 
<laughs> Shut up. It'll be net better next week. Okay. Well, I look forward okay. to it. Yeah. Yeah. I will send over those songs and let you listen to your heart's content. Yep. To um, the hits of Hazy Fantasy with a flock of seagulls while drinking a Yazoo milkshake and eating some blancmange. <laughs> you're very proud of that, aren't you? <laughs> Actually, I should have said, while you listen to Culture Club on a hazy fantasy day amidst a flock of seagulls while drinking a Yazoo milkshake and eating a blancmange. You got them all in. Well done. Well done. Thank you. I'll, I'll congratulate you. On that note, I will say goodbye. All right, I then, Dad. Myself a big further hole. Okay. All right. All right. All then. right. See you. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye.